0: Welcome to another episode of Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley and with me is Derek Spech. Hello. Uh, you're looking kind of sore today.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just uh, I just got back from Bromont, Quebec. We just skiing trip with the guys at work and uh, I haven't even gone home yet. I came right straight here to record. Ooh, that's commitment. Yes,
0: that is. <laughs> you should be committed.
1: It's been a long drive. I've been on the road for, well, way too many hours.
0: <laughs> so many hours you forgot to learn um, how to count. I don't count. know what
1: time. Since like two. Yeah. And it's now 9.30. <laughs> it was a long day. Long, a lot of driving.
0: Ah, you'll get over it. Yeah, yeah. You'll yeah. get over it. <laughs> Had fun skiing though.
1: It was fantastic. It was really good. The, uh, just as I, the rest of the guys were still there at Bromont. They're skiing one more day. And I, as, just before I arrived here, I got a text to say that one of them wiped out and he's in the hospital, so...
0: Oh, good thing you left. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been you. So I don't know
1: what his condition is, but they say he had, they had to take him to the hospital. So I don't know if it was broken bones or what. But uh, he was taken away from the ski hill
0: in an ambulance. Well, he's hitting up the nurses by now, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's been uh, a busy couple of weeks, that's for sure. We did the Toronto Outdoor Adventure Show. Yes. Met a lot of people, saw a whole lot of stuff. Yeah,
1: that was, uh, I really enjoyed that show. I'm glad we went.
0: I'm glad we went. It was it was uh, better this year. Um, we did hit up a whole lot of people and arranged to uh, uh, to talk to people we that will be coming on the show for interviews over the next while. Yeah, we uh, um, did did pretty good that way. A lot. We of linked up are, with
1: a lot of people. It was really yeah, good.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's good when people they know the show and they uh, they want to come on and, and talk about yeah. stuff. Yeah. So they're excited That's about cool. being
1: interviewed. Excited about being taken part of it.
0: I think we ought to get them to start paying us. Uh, a <laughs> <laughs> bad chance of luck. Uh And then we went to Michigan for the Quiet Water Symposium, which was uh, was pretty cool. Um, I've never been to that one. I've wanted to go to it for a couple of years now. And, uh, well, Copia is the biggie, biggie. Yes. The other side of Chicago. Yeah. That was last weekend. Yes. Um, I want to go to that one. We'll probably do that one next year. We should aim yeah, for that, yes. I'm, I'm thinking so. It's supposed to be huge. It's massive. Absolutely massive. So, but the Quiet Water Symposium, um, it really wasn't everything I expected.
1: It was, it, it's small, it fits a niche, and it, it, there was quite a few people there. Yeah. It was really interesting. I, I really love the, uh, there was a section, there's a whole area where that they had set aside for hand-built boats and paddles and and whatnot and it was uh, that was probably my favorite part of the show other than the talks that we got to go got to attend
0: oh yeah yeah i mean kevin callan hap wilson yeah uh, stuff like that yeah they were putting on their their talks and uh, pretty good enjoyed it, those
1: it was a smaller venue there wasn't as many vendors and you know you know you go to these things you're thinking you know, i'm gonna grab a few deals and come home with a few things and I think I bought one of Kevin
0: Callen's books and that's it. That was the thing that I found about this rather odd. There wasn't any big dealers. Yeah. Like there wasn't any, uh, there wasn't a lot of gear or anything for sale. Yeah. It was more just um, displays, I guess for, for better term Uh, people like water trail um, groups saying, Hey, come paddle our, our trails and, and yes. waterways and help us preserve it and stuff like that. Yeah. But there wasn't, uh, you know, like kayak companies and all that selling all their wares and like all the gear they were selling kayaks and canoes, but they weren't selling the gear to go with. Yeah, Did you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, I was surprised by the fact that you were limited. There was not much you could buy.
0: Yeah. Um, I but went there. Still.
1: <laughs> I I I picked up. I went to the bank, got two hundred dollars U.S. to take with me to the show. And when I got back, I counted it. I had $173 American remaining.
0: Yeah. So it was
1: actually cost
0: effective. That was <laughs> yeah, That was pretty much uh, admission and, and food. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what, though? It was really cool. Uh, I like getting there and checking it out and... Uh, Leaving the country and yes, <laughs> you know.
1: yes, I got my passport. I made it to the country. We yeah, made it there. Made it back. Picked up the passport or the passport on the way on the way over.
0: I gotta say, I know you, you guys were a bit worried. I was gonna say something at the border to get us all cavity searched. Yes, uh, <laughs> we were worried about that. Actually, we are honestly worried about that. Oh, there was one thing I was gonna say, but I'm, you know, yeah, that would have ended badly. But uh, the funny thing is, I mean, if you're passing through the border, the security. Uh, guys there at the, in the boxes, I mean, they're not supposed to show emotion. They're not, you know, they're there to do a job and, yeah. and that sort of thing. And, um, the guy straight faced when he <laughs> said, where are you guys going? So we're going to Lansing, Michigan to, uh, the quiet water symposium. And he's just like, what is it? So it's all about canoeing and kayaking and, and paddling. And he sort of says, It seemed to what? confuse him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just threw him for a loop. It's a word. And then he says, so you guys are into paddling outdoors? Oh, man, I had to bite my tongue. <laughs> 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 when you put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't joke back with them. Yeah, I know, you can't joke. Well, that would have ended up, uh, we would have been pulled over at that yeah. point. So, bit the tongue and just said, yeah, you know what? We're all into the uh, the outdoor the canoe sports and, and kayaking and stuff like that. So... But, yeah, when we told him what it was, he just, it's a what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And coming back across the border, we had the woman say, where'd you guys go? And we told her, and she said, oh, did you have fun? Yep. Excellent. Have a nice day. And off we went. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So. (laughs) It's probably the easiest border crossing. Well, I haven't done many, but, and
1: it's been a while, but uh, it's probably the easiest border crossing I've ever experienced. There was so few questions. It was so smooth. it It was, uh. Anticlimactic. Yeah,
0: sort of. Yeah, well, you know, hey, there was beer and bonfire at the end of the night, so that was it's awesome. A, it's all good. Yeah, um, but the one, <laughs> the other surprise was when you when you, we went into the uh, pavilion where the um, symposium was being held. There, there's two <laughs> yes. two big uh, halls, and then. I don't know, is it a cattle room or so, yeah, so a horse room? Yeah, so Michigan State
1: University is a lot of agriculture-based, and so veterinary practice, you, you you get a lot of your agriculture training there. So there's yeah. a large, I want to say stadium, but the ceilings are only about 20 feet high or whatever. So, But they're set up for heavy ventilation for like cattle, if there's a cattle show or for whatever. Mm-hmm. So there was um, the the there's a main dirt track and whatever's for horse shows i guess and that well, that's was what I say, where it looks
0: the, like an ice rink yeah but with with the dirt, a dirt floor, floor instead of ice so that's
1: where the new the, the hand-built canoes and paddles were there were some beauties in there yes and then there's a uh, two large areas one large area was the show the the yep. and kayak show symposium and then next to it
0: was a giant rabbit Convention sale, it was, by yeah, it was a convention. Is
1: the only thing I rabbits, could, yeah,
0: like we're talking like a few hundred people crammed into this yeah. thing selling and buying rabbits, I didn't know shapes, expect that. sizes colors. Some of these rabbits were as big as dogs. Yes. Oh my
1: God. And when we first arrived, we, uh, we came into the parking lot. We could not find parking. We had to circle the building trying to find parking. It's like, wow, this is a popular show. We thought we were lost. And then as it turns out, the, the huge crowd, like easily doubled the canoe crowd was
0: the rabbit people. Yeah. Who knew that was a thing? I know. But yeah, I mean like, We're looking at these rabbits, and if you've seen, oh, I'm just trying to think of a medium-sized dog. Like a Sheltie. One little Sheltie, like the little Lassie dogs. Like a beagle. The smaller ones. A beagle. Yeah. The size of a beagle. With the floppy ears. Yeah. 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 There was rabbits that size. It was crazy. Unbelievable. Like.
1: And then there's puffy ones. Somebody who had a wool loom there for spinning wool.
0: Oh, there was that lady with the the Angora rabbits. Yeah. And she's making the the wool with her spinning spinning wheel. Rabbit wool. Yeah. That was pretty cool to see. (laughs) I got to admit, that was pretty cool to see. But there was people with their little tables and they're primping and preening the rabbits like a dog show. It's like, Wow. I saw a couple
1: posters showing how to present your rabbit and how to stand next to your rabbit. There's this poster with like 24 different segments showing how to stand and show and primp and prep your rabbit for, for judges to you present to the judges for points and whatever. It's like. Oh, wow, this is way over the top. So we took
0: a picture and left. <laughs> we didn't want to get sucked into something. Yeah. You know, apparently doesn't let you go. <laughs> well, that was quite the chuckle of the day. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm I'm glad you resisted asking them how much per oh, pound. Oh, I wanted to
0: go in there and say, "Hey everybody, how much per pound?" Yeah. That would have gone <laughs> oh, over well. That would not have gone over. <laughs> So we almost got cavity search at the border and then we almost got no fight. The rabbit convention. What a great day. <laughs> so, but, um, the, the, uh, paddle, the, sorry, the, uh, the kayaks and the wooden, the wooden kayaks and canoes, the handmade stuff down mm-hmm. in the, uh, the horse ring. Um, there was some really nice. It was mind blowing. Like no. I, I, the, it
1: gave me a lot of ideas because I'm eventually going to build a cedar strip canoe. And it gave me a lot of ideas the the details that they put into it, like the yeah. inset little uh, interesting pieces of wood into the pattern down the side uh, accent strips and all the
0: inlays and everything. yeah. yeah well, even Mike, we went we went with our buddy Mike Burns from Windsor and Mike, we've had him on the show. He built Caesar strip canoes. and he came out of there thinking, Wow, my next one. Yes, it's going to be far superior. to He's already built he's three of built. them. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what he actually comes up with. Yeah, um, but yeah, just some of the stuff. Now I've posted uh, the kayak picture, a couple of kayak pictures on there that uh, oldmankayaks.com, dot um, He he builds them. He's he a retired uh, architect, I do believe, and he builds these hand the, these these kayaks. Wow. Yeah. Just phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, he did the one, the one I actually posted a picture of, uh, Sacred Eagle. Um, and it's got, it's got all the uh, native painting on it. Beautiful, beautiful craft. But the amount of hours that, what did he say? Took I, like four, I, or 500 hours or something like that to yeah, build that? Yeah,
1: it's incredible yeah. the amount of work and effort that goes into it. Yeah. And, and obviously it's a passion when you're spending that much time. This is not, he, I don't know if he builds them to sell them i think he just builds well, them built for them himself for yeah and uh so he had two or three kayaks yeah. there
0: well there was one with the uh, tree built into the front yeah there was the one uh, Inlay, the, yeah. the mallard yeah uh the front hatch was all held down with these magnets yeah rare arithmetic and then that uh, yeah. the head of the duck you grab that and pull up and yeah. it, and yeah. it, it uh, removes the cover to the, the hatch mm-hmm. really ingenious design really cool um, I know Mike was right into to looking at that sort of stuff. Yeah, one of the things that I noticed there's a lot of people selling paddles, all types of paddles, and something that I've seen before, and I've never really grasped the concept. I guess being a canoe tripper, you know, I'm a single blade paddle, and it's not guy. just
1: that it, being a canoe tripper and in- It's what you are exposed to. Yeah. It's what you grew up with. It's like everybody uses that kind of paddle.
0: Right. So any kayakers I know, they use what they call the Euro style kayak paddle.
1: Which uh, that's one thing I learned. I didn't know it was. Broomstick with a
0: couple of wide. Shovels. Shovels on the side, right? (laughs) Yeah. Glue two shovels together in your kayak.
1: And until we went to the show, I didn't know they were called Euro style paddles. Euro style. Yeah. I just thought. Well, that that much I
0: did know. But the Greenland style canoe paddles, or sorry, kayak paddles. Um, I've seen them before, but I just, I guess I just didn't grasp the, the concept. concept. Yeah, Because they are long bladed, but they're thin. And it's, it's like paddling with a stick. Yeah. Like, how does it work? So we happened to be at one place. We just checked out. They, they had make them there. Um, they'll, they'll make them custom to you. Yes. Uh, which is which is pretty cool. So we got into the conversation with uh, one of the guys there about Greenland paddles. Um, and I mean, there's a whole style, you know, you can get them into the, the Greenland kayaking roll and, and everything like that. There's a whole thing. But it's specifically interested in the paddle itself and how it works, why it works, and and why would they not... If you've got, you know, like a foot wide blade on a Euro style, why not make the the Greenland a foot wide all the way up? Yeah. Right? I mean, you get all that much more. Yeah. And his basic answer is, well, put it this way. The the Inuit and everything have been using these things for like 3,000 years. Mm -hmm. And they've always worked well.
1: And they always design the same way. Oh, exactly. This is like the hand-me-down knowledge. And 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 it's almost like evolution. Like if if an animal doesn't need a this or that, then eventually that sort of appendage or whatever dies out because, you know, it's what works, what helps you survive. And so if it doesn't work, if it doesn't help you survive, you're eventually going to stop using it and go with the one that, so that does work.
0: Well, so it came down to, Which one is better, the Greenland style or the Euro style? And it's not really a fair question. No. Is what we come up with.
1: It's what fits the
0: situation. Yeah. So you picture a Harley Davidson touring motorcycle, and this is the way I look at it, versus the crotch rocket style racing bike. Yeah. One is good for touring and lasting all day, and the other is good for fast maneuvers and and racing and power. Exactly. If you're going for long distance paddle, you're trying to, you you know, or, or are you hitting whitewater? You know, which one are you doing? The right
1: Uh, tool for the job.
0: Yeah, long, thin, narrow blades versus large blades with large surface area. Low angle paddling versus high angle paddling. So it all comes down to to what the paddling you're doing. So if comparing the two paddle styles, if you need instant speed, go with the Euroblade. If not, then the the Greenland blade is for you, right? Yeah. And that's that's what this guy was saying. Um, It's longer and thinner and... It's all in the design of the actual blade. There's a whole bunch of scientific stuff that gets involved with yes. the Bernoulli principle. And the, if anybody knows, and that's what he said, anybody knows a wing on an airplane. It causes, you know, yeah. When you're cutting water instead of air, right, with the, with the paddle, well, it causes the water to go over the top of the blade, yeah. causing less pressure on the bottom of the blade and, and more, it's more buoyant. Um, so yeah, so it's the, the paddle is not
1: shaped like a wing, but it's the way it meets the water, the way it hits the water. The angle water and all that. And, and this causes, you're not flat paddling the, the face of the paddle straight into the water. It's coming at an angle. So it makes you, it's almost like it's flying through the water and it causes lift basically. Yeah. And it, it's a lot less effort. And the way he described it, it was interesting. I hadn't really thought about it. He was saying that, you know, you somebody with a Euro-style paddle, it, 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 like if you're in a whitewater kayak or if you're going to be using a Euro-style paddle, you can do like two or three good pulls and you're up to speed and then you're just pulling all the... You, you pull to... But with the, yeah, the Greenland-style paddle, he was saying that he might have to give a good six or seven strokes of the paddle to get up to speed. But he said the proof in the pudding is the fact that The guy with the Eurostyle paddle may not be able to do eight or 10 hours in a day or whatever. He's, he's going to get tired because you're basically draw pulling like 10 or 15 pounds per stroke. And the guy with the Greenland style paddle is only pulling about three to five pounds per stroke. So you're able to go all day. You may not be able to get off the start like a race car, but you can just, you can keep paddling all day long without wearing out your arms, without hurting your back.
0: Yeah, you pull less water with the Greenland paddle than you do yeah. with the uh, with the the Euro style. So yeah, it takes you a few more strokes to get up to speed, and when you're pulling less water, your your pace um, has to pick up as well with with the yes. with the Greenland paddle to to keep that uh, that speed up.
1: But you're only doing twenty percent of the work.
0: Well, and that's exactly what the deal is. And yeah. you're not raising your arms as high. You can do a lower angle attack yes. into the water. So yeah, if, if you're going for a long distance, you're paddling all day long and you're only pulling a tw- like a quarter, of the, doing the quarter of the work, yeah. you're going to be able to go that much longer. You're not going to have the issues, right?
1: Now, I think anybody who does solo canoeing, like, you know, the, the, not the full-size canoes, but like a solo... Oh, like my uh, Osprey. Foot. Yeah, like yeah. A, if you have a solo canoe or if you do kayaking, this, is, this might be something you might find interesting to try out. And uh, they do say that the uh, green end style paddles are more custom fit to the person. They're what, what's the word anthropomorphic rules of, and so what it is, is you, you, the the style and, and method of paddling you do, your your shoulder width, your arm length, they take a lot of these into account. And the gentleman that we talked to, when they build the paddles, they take all these measurements and they give you a specific serial number for your paddle so that if you ever need a new one, they don't have to do redo measurements. They have it all in the computer and they can just build you a new paddle if you break it or if you need a new one.
0: Yeah, which is really cool. I mean, when you're getting all measured and everything for, your, for yeah. a specific paddle, right? Uh, Now, the other thing he was talking about the paddle was knowing the direction it points. So the blade of the Greenland paddle is longer. It comes up to the midsection is called the loom. Between the blade and the loom is called the shoulder. It's just a small little spot. It's where the blade starts to come out of the handle. Yeah. So into the handle. So your knuckles, the inside of your knuckles, your fingers are on the edge of the blade yes right so as they're there and it will point that paddle in a, a certain angle in the proper for, uh, forward direction yeah and so it's, when it's a hitting, natural angle it just yeah.
1: it fits you norm- it's what I, it, it's almost like it's uh, well it's the design of the thing it's the, it presents the proper angle into the water by lining up with your knuckles
0: yeah so every time you hit the the water because the uh, paddle is symmetrical when it hits the water is hitting the same angle yep. each time. Right. And I mean, that just takes practice getting to do that as well, but the loom itself also comes in three shapes, oval, square, or round. Now the square and the oval ones, the oval will fit along your knuckles as well. Yep. So it just, again, keeps it in that, that forward motion, that proper angle. So when you're, when you're paddling, that you're hitting it properly and you're getting the the best uh, p- the most power in that that you're going to get yes. out of it. It's going to be most efficient. The round one um, doesn't do that, so that allows you to change. I guess you could uh, test and experiment different angles, different yeah. whatnot, different feelings for it.
1: And I don't think it's something you're going to be able to come right out of the starting blocks with and, and no. be good at. It's going to take. Oh, some Oh, it's going to take some time. Yeah, yeah, it'll
0: take you some practice. Um, now the ones we saw. We're all wood-carved ones. Yeah, they've got the the you know high-tech carbon fiber and all that. I don't think we saw any there at the show. No, I didn't. No, you know, it was all nice wood-carved, beautiful-looking things, right? And uh, the one thing that everybody says is, if you think you're just going to grab one off the shell, jump in your your kayak, and go to town, you're not. The yeah. one rule, the 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 one-size-fits-all rule, does not apply. There are so many things. There's different lengths, blade shapes, blade ankles. Uh, the width of your kayak uh, also plays a role um, in, in the which paddle you're going to get. Of course, the wire your kayak, the wire of the loom yeah. that you're going to have between the, the two blades, right? So if you've got a thin kayak, then it doesn't need to be as long. Yeah. Right? That sort, of, uh, sort of deal. Your height, your size, all that takes into, into account. So they suggest you check out a few retailers, do some research on the sizing of the paddles, and if you're able to, actually test them out. Um, so I, I don't know, if you go into a a kayak store, maybe sit in a kayak and mm-hmm. try one out, yeah. you know, so you'll actually know how wide it is and, and you know, that sort I, of thing. I,
1: when I've been in a few kayak stores, and I don't recall seeing any of these green line kayaks, so it seems to be quite the custom. It, it's... I think they're trying to bring back the tradition of the Greenland style paddles because it's not the Euro style paddle has come out over the years. Uh, with the Euro style, I think that's sort of taken over. And I think he mentioned this, didn't he? He said in the '70s and '80s, when kayaking started to become popular again, they they went to the Euro style paddle because that's the thing that they thought was the right thing at the time, and the Greenland paddle style kind of went to the wayside for a few years. And now it's starting to make a resurgence just because of the quality of the paddling experience that you get out of it.
0: Well I think with the with the with the Euro style, I mean if you're doing white water, that's what you're using. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you you're, need that if you're doing point. yeah, you want to go with your buddies for a few hours and go just booting all over the place. Yeah. You want something that's gonna give you oh, speed, yeah. something that's gonna give you the power, right? And that's 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 euro. That's got euro written all over yeah. it. But if you want the length, you want the finesse, you want the touring, that's Greenland. Mm-hmm right i mean it's and i think people are starting to realize now that you know what we got to go back to these paddles that have been around for 3000 years yeah and and give them another look and yeah they're finding it's beautiful they're, you're not ending up with the shoulder injuries that you're constantly you, you doing from long distance uh, paddling with the with too the row and hard too hard much on the joints board. yeah and um, yeah so i think now it's just re, a resurgence to old technology yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, there's, there's the high tech stuff that, uh, you know, newer's not always better. And, uh, yeah, we, but you know, at the end of the day, it was, it was pretty cool to see these things and finally get an explanation on what the difference is.
1: Yeah. I, I'd always wondered about it and I just thought, oh, it's a traditional thing, but actually it seems like if I had a kayak, that's the way I'm going to want to go.
0: Yeah. I mean, I always thought, well, if that's what you're using, then instead of taking two shovels on a broomstick, <laughs> why don't you just take a piece of, small piece of broomstick and put two, two by fours yeah, <laughs> instead, exactly. right? Yeah. But it's not, doesn't quite work that way, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, you're getting the, the whole angle thing and, and the, uh, the blade cutting through the water, Bernoulli's principle yeah. of, of lift and, and all that stuff getting into it. And it, Uh, apparently the uh, northern people knew many, 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 many years ago what they were doing.
1: And I've (laughs) also wondered a little bit uh, with, like, the this is a Greenland style paddle, yada, yada, yada. It's up north. It's what they ended up traditionally building and learning to use. And a little bit in the back of my mind was thinking, you know what? Trees don't grow that big up there. Maybe it was. Well, they also use bone.
0: Yes, is well, how saying... big of a bone you're going to get, oh, right? Whale bones, right? Yeah, but yeah. like
1: for building that paddle, I think naturally just the size of a tree, if you're building out of wood and whatever, or if you're building out of a whale rib or whatnot, then you're going to end up with naturally smaller paddles anyways. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have the capability to big build a Euro-style paddle. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't think whales came and built that way. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> So, yeah, you know what? It was really nice to get uh, an education on that for... uh, Because no one... Yeah, I've never really seen anybody to ask them. And this guy happens to be chatting, struck up a conversation and uh, got a little bit of an education. It was a good talk we had. It it really was. So, yeah, I mean, we did definitely get some stuff out of that uh, Quiet Water Symposium, which was nice. Yes. You know? Um, It it was a good trip down there. So I think, yeah, if I get uh, a kayak... Oh, even my... Because i got the Osprey as a solo canoe, mm-hmm. canoe right? And yep. I sit right in the middle.
1: And that would be ideal with, yeah.
0: with a small solo canoe. I wonder if I should uh, test one of them babies out. There you go. Get myself a Greenland paddle. So, well, and the other thing was the way he was tossing around for doing rolls and, and uh, leaning and everything. Yes. I it's, mean, he's got that thing and he just shoots it straight down his hand. Yeah. So he's got it. Now, what was he saying, you never grab it on the end. Like, a, like you would a regular one-bladed pack exactly, paddle, yeah. right? Yeah. You never grab it on the end like that. You always have your hands you wrapped it. around it. Yeah. yeah, you palm it and that sort of stuff. But yeah, for doing rolls and, and stuff like that, he just throws it out to the side. So it's, apparently, he's done it a few times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, maybe we'll get one of those next uh, future episode down the road. We'll uh, yeah. maybe be doing talking about Greenland rolling. Buy and, yourself
1: a cedar two x four from the hardware store
0: and start uh, carving <laughs> yeah, that's right <laughs> so let's take a quick break here and we'll come back i want to talk about something even bigger when it comes to paddling you are listening to paddling adventures radio on reno viola outdoors do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand if so this show's for you listen to paddling adventures radio every wednesday at 6 a.m and 6 p.m and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio. Whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at AlgonquinOutfitters.com, or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. And welcome back. Uh, when we were at the Quiet Water Symposium, one of the other things I noticed that wasn't uh, at the other show we were we've been at, um, they were talking about the Trans Canada Trail which is kind of odd considering this was in Michigan.
1: I know. We must have missed a booth or something in the Toronto show because uh, they, I, I can't see why they wouldn't have been talking about it in Toronto.
0: Well, we saw Joni and Gary McGuffin yes. at the, the Michigan show, and I did not see them at the Toronto show. Um, and Kevin Callen had a brochure on his table um, but mind you, he had a table to himself this time. He wasn't yes. bopping around to three or four different places. Yeah, he was so doing the spot and everything yeah. at the Toronto show. And so I'm, I'm thinking that's why we didn't we didn't hear too much about this. But being the 150th birthday of Canada this year, the Trans Canada Trail is opening. Um, and
1: that was their goal I guess 10 years ago When they started the big push To complete the Trans-Canada Trail Yeah They well, were pushing for about 10 years now To get it complete
0: Well, I mean, yeah The whole the whole vision started in 1992 Yeah Of the Trans-Canada Trail But yeah, they've been really pushing To get it complete So in 2017 24,000 kilometers So you'll need more than a weekend to do this <laughs> Or yes. 15,000 miles <laughs> in length Will open as the planet's longest trail network that's incredible eh? now it goes from Victoria BC to St. John's Newfoundland and as far north as and it also cuts up and goes up to tuk tuyuk Yes. on the Beaufort Sea so that's a lot of walking <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah there's no driving no powered uh, vehicles on this trail there is sections for, for horses they say And um, actually, they say there's some sections for snowmobiles. Yes. Um, And there's uh, paddling sections as well, which is, you know, our style. Yes. Now, yeah. There's a good portion, like a
1: very large percentage that's paddling. I don't, we didn't work out the percentage wise, but there's very large sections that is strictly paddling, river and lake travel.
0: Yeah. I mean, you can go from, from Victoria, BC up to Tuktaoktuk, Walking. On foot. Yep. On foot, yeah. But there's also a section that goes from just north of Edmonton all the way up to Tuktoyaktuk by river. Yes. Uh, we'll get into that in a second, but I just want to say, um, you can go from the Pacific Ocean to the rim of the Arctic and then down across to the Atlantic. The Trans-Canada Trail will cross 13 provinces and territories and will reach north from the Yukon connect British Columbia to the west as far east as Newfoundland. Um, 150 years since Canada's Confederation, and the connecting network of land and water trails is touted as a gift from Canadians to Canadians, and <laughs> that's the whole thing of the Trans Canada Trail. Mm-hmm. Now, just down the road from us here, uh, we we call it the Waterfront Trail, but it's actually part of it's part of it. Yes, the, the Trans Canada Trail. Because it's so really, really hard. part of it. Yes, you. Know. So I'm not really that much <laughs> farther ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's really hard to create a trail all on its own, and a lot of these interconnecting sections would have would involve. Like I know in Vancouver, Island, large sections of it is the uh, the Galloping Goose, which is the old. Uh, train path that went up island and stuff like that. And so there'd be old train tracks that, you know, where they remove the tracks and it's just a dirt track. There's sections of waterfront trail. There's sections of secondary roads. There's river travel, lake travel. It's, it's quite diverse. And it's, it, it's, uh, it makes sense. It would be diverse like that to cross Canada because it's really hard to find, you know, back country or whatever kind of trail to attach and
0: link yeah, it's up. Not, it's not like you can pave a little path. Yeah. You know, all the way across Canada. It's so just, there's going to be some urban happening. centers
1: that it will go through, but it does connect the east,
0: west, and to the north. Well, the part that we like is all the paddling parts.
1: Yes, of course.
0: So if you start out just north of Edmonton or up in tuk so if you start in tuk say, you can throw your canoe in the water in the Beaufort Sea. Yep. You can paddle down the Mackenzie River to the Great Slave Lake. Then you hop into the Slave River, into the Athabasca River, and they connect. Yep. Um, and then from the, the Athabasca River goes down to Athabasca, Alberta, the town of. Yeah, just so, north I mean, of Edmonton. So you're going from the Beaufort Sea to Edmonton. Yeah. basically.
1: It's quite That's the track.
0: quite the the distance. All paddling. That's awesome. That's a nice <laughs> it trip. Is. That's now a nice, I'm not sure what nice the summer trip.
1: <laughs> nice weekend trip now i don't know where the height of land reaches but you know certain sections would obviously have to be paddled in a certain direction uh, you know unless you want to go upriver. but uh, well, that's it, when you
0: just turn around and paddle backwards exactly there you go <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's an easy solution that's an easy solution why didn't Try i think it. of that well, that's why i'm the head guy here <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, there, there's definitely the height of land you're going to have to go over. It's it's part of it's going to be pretty difficult. The other part's going to be pretty easy. But uh, well, I shouldn't say pretty easy because that's pretty good territory up there. Yeah. Um, there's a couple other little paddling places across Canada that you you hit along the way as well. But then you get into you cross the border of Manitoba in Ontario. Yep. There is a section called the Path of the Paddle, and it goes from Kenora to Thunder Bay. Um. That's all windy through tons of different type of territory. You even end up, I do believe, going through Quetico at one point. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's a separate little water trail. It zigzags all over the place. Uh, but once you get to Thunder Bay, you're at Lake Superior. Mm-hmm. And they have the um, Lake Superior water trail. And basically, if, if you look at Lake Superior, as we were always told, it looks like a wolf's head. So if you look at it, it's basically going from his eyes at, at uh, Thunder Bay around the top of his head, up in the ears, and now down the back of his neck to Sault Ste. Marie. That's the Lake Superior Water Trail, part of the Trans-Canada Trail. Yes. And, I mean, that's, that's pretty dicey uh, at it's, times.
1: It's really big water, and that's the, that's the risk of
0: it. Really big water. Uh, you really, you really got to be careful on that. I mean, we were up that way a few years back, and we were up there for what, ten days, and we couldn't get on the lake at all. The water was just so yeah. wavy and windy, you know. But uh, time of the year, right? So part of this um, to celebrate the opening of the Trans Canada, especially this this uh, this section, they are doing a Voyager canoe route. Yes, um, big. Celebration, and now, we talked about celebration. that. Yeah, we talked about that before. These different things that are going on, so they are breaking it down into six different sections. Two of these sections, and if you want, you can actually, I guess, call them, or I'm not sure what it is. Uh, n- about naturally superior, uh, naturally superior adventures, um, you can j- drop them a line, and you can actually participate in. The, this trip uh it's it's a bit pricey uh yes you know but anywhere the, from 1500 to 2400 it is
1: pricey but it is a sort of a catered trip and and oh so yeah everything's
0: paper you show up yeah. with your your personal clothing your sleeping bag and a yeah. sleeping pad and what
1: this does like you the certain sections are going to be uh hosted by like kevin cowan's going to host a whole section yeah so you're, you're going to participate in, in a big event. It's the Canadian 150. You're going to be, it's going to like, for example, again, uh, Kevin Collins is going to be hosting one section. It's and a big so, voyager canoe. And it's a big voyager canoe. So you're going to spend, what is the, uh, section there? Like six to 10 days at average? Yeah.
0: The, the first section is, uh, it looks like it's from Sault Ste. Marie, to, uh, sorry, Agawa to, to Wawa. Mm-hmm. Um is the, which section that's is Kevin Callan? That's that's the one he's doing. Okay. So that's seven days. Uh, sorry, five days. Yeah. Right? Paddling a Voyager canoe, um, eighty kilometer journey from Sinclair Cove to Misha um, radiates a special energy from his ancient rock paintings. That's up in uh, Agua, uh the Agua Rock there. If anybody's that's seen Bill Mason films knows mm-hmm. that. Um the pictographs and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so he, yeah. So you, you, you explore sheltered coves, you camp, you, you eat out the whole, the whole meal deal, just like the voyageurs would. Yeah. Every night they've got a minstrel on every trip. <laughs> so every night you're around the campfire, there's somebody there playing the songs and all that sort of thing too. Yeah. Which they're is They're sticking cool. to
1: the period theme. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, you know, it does sound pretty cool. Uh, the second section, Wawa to Marathon, and that includes Puckasaw National Park. Now, Bill Mason did a film about Puckasaw. Yes. Right? Um, Well, funny enough, Becky Mason, his daughter, will be hosting this section. And that's perfect. She's paddling this section. And this is 10 days. July 9th to July 19th. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. The theme of this trip is Iconic Canadian Wilderness. And we're fortunate to travel with Bill Mason's daughter, Becky, who has carried on her father's legacy of wilderness canoeing and environmental appreciation. Then you get into the Lauren Harris country. So that's Marathon to Rossport. Now, Rossport is up um, just the top of the... like by, just bef- between the eyes and the ears of the Wolf's Head, if you're looking at Superior. And that is six days. It's all the rugged coastline, the Stark Islands... Um, Superiors North Shore, uh, you know, and that's that's where he did a lot of his paintings. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. The fourth stage, July thirtieth to August fourth, uh, the Singing Wilderness, Rossport to Red Rock, uh, musical. That, that seems to be uh, based on music and whatnot, uh, the soundtracks of the voyageurs, folk tunes and ballads, uh, all that area. The fifth section, Beacons on a Lonely Shore, Red Rock to Silver Islet. And that's six days in August. Uh, this is talking about French-Canadian voyageurs paddled the coastline on Lake Superior, on gut feeling alone, racing fog banks and navigating the island, choked waters at the lake's northwest end by the seat of their pants. So, uh, as commercial traffic grew, the need for lighthouses became apparent. Um, So, yeah, there's lots of coastline, rugged coastline. There's all that. Lake Superior National Marine Conservation Area. Um, If you're looking to experience the wilder 30,000 islands unmarred by cottage development, this is the section. And then it ends the en route to the Great Rendezvous, Silver Islet to Thunder Bay, uh, August 14th to August 19th. Fur trade historian, singer, songwriter, and Thunder Bay resident, Rodney Brown will be our special guest on this 75-kilometer journey. Not only will you enjoy wilderness camping, stunning scenery, and great campfire entertainment, you will also experience the timeless experience of paddling a Voyager canoe into the reconstructed fur trade post at Old Fort William, culminating our summer-long journey. So it's a lot of historical stuff. It is. Uh, it's it's, it's an amazing. It's pretty cool going to be quite the experience now the first part um yeah i'm not even in in the province unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) of all the years to take our change our holidays yeah so but that is pretty cool and again i mean there's a bit of a a price tag uh but you go to naturally superior.com slash canada 150 and you can get the information on on all of this and yeah hopefully there's enough that you can actually snag a spot on one of these canoes and mm-hmm. and participate cuz I mean, 150th birthday only comes around once exactly
1: and if you find you don't have the schedule time to be able to do something like this then you could also keep in mind that i have the schedule time and if you guys want to donate some money and send me on this trip i would
0: love it <laughs> <laughs> Sponsor a child named Derek Yes <laughs> So, yeah, we didn't really hear anything about this part of the water The water, uh, Trans-Canada Trail, the water, Lake Superior Water Trail Um, when we were at the the, the Toronto show We had to go to Michigan to, <laughs> to, to, to hear more about it Which is kind of funny But when we were down there, like I say We were at, uh, Gary and Joni McGuffin's, um, booth Yeah And she passed off this other little pamphlet about the Lake Superior water trail um, being the bi-national water trail. So on the south side of Lake Superior, going through Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota, they have done the same sort of thing. There's a water trail that skirts the coastline uh, on the U.S. side of Lake Superior. Yeah. So what they've done is, starting at uh, Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario and Michigan, because there's a bridge that crosses, right? Yes. So the Canadian side skirts the top of Superior, and the uh, U.S. side is on the bottom. Um, And it circles the entire Lake Superior as one giant water trail. It's uh, it's pretty neat the way
1: it's been put together. Uh, it, it you could obviously be tough to do the whole thing in one summer, but although there is uh, somebody is going to be doing that this year, I believe. Uh, there's
0: a couple people doing it this yeah. year, yeah.
1: But it, it's it's quite the incredible trail. I don't think I could uh, make it. It's a little long, and I think it's uh, it just takes too much time.
0: Well, they're saying. These trails, the the U.S. and the Canadian ones, create the Appalachian Trail of water trails. This waterway provides an opportunity to experience, experience the Earth's greatest expanse of fresh water firsthand. Uh, so yeah, you know what? This this looks pretty cool. I mean, there's there's a lot of development happening, just because the land, especially on the the uh, Canadian side, it doesn't really lend itself. As walking trails, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if, if you're, if you're going to be doing any walking, you're going to end up walking to the side of the highway. If you're going up through there. Um, I mean, you, you even look how long it took to get a road up through, through Wawa, you know, like when they first, when they first came through there, it, it was difficult. And just, if you've ever driven up and around Lake Superior on the north, north side, that landscape is so rugged. Yeah. You know, you're trying to make a, a, a trail through there all around. Can you imagine? Wow. So, yeah, I mean, the perfect option is this water trail. And instead of walking everywhere like you are the rest of it, the trail across Canada, you actually just jump in a canoe and do some paddling. It's a change of scenery, change of pace. You know,
1: now when Joni, when we were talking to Joni McGuffin about the, this trail, what I can't recall, I'm trying to find the details of what she was telling us about because it was, it's a combined effort of the, of the group that she's working with and the Trans Canada Trail who contacted them. And, uh, but she said that they take different, slightly different routes. Did she not?
0: Slightly different routes.
1: Yeah. There's a Trans Canada Trail and then the, and the, uh, Lake Superior Water Trail:
0: I think there's a couple extra little bits, yes, like, I mean, they're circling the entire um, the entire lake, yes, uh, whereas the one route, I think, cuts in a couple little coves more than the other. Uh, I think that's what you're mm-hmm. getting at.
1: Yeah, and they also get they ended up working with a few of the first Nations communities to to make this possible.
0: Yeah, they were they were a bit um, worried at first at what this was going to be, but uh, after they found out what, exactly what it was, then yeah, they, they had no problems helping out with this. So yeah, there it, it's become the Lake Superior Watershed Conservancy. Yes. And uh, yeah, it's really really taken off. Um, I I would be willing to do certain segments of this. Yes. You know, I definitely could do it. I you could do the entire Lake Superior. It's it circle. Would be,
1: it would be tough to plan it though with the weather and the big and water. That's like that. the big thing. And so you could end up, like you said, you spent ten, 10 days, days up there not and, on the water. Yeah, so you could get windbound, you know, stormbound, whatever, and it could really put a crimp on the whole plans.
0: Well, the other thing to do is check out the path of the paddle section of the Trans Canada Trail. Um, there's a separate section about that, and that's the one that goes from Thunder Bay to the Kenora. And check that out and, and you'll get a completely different route. You're not worried about the big water at that point. Yes. Because you're, you're starting in Thunder Bay and you're working your way up in, towards the border of Manitoba, which is pretty cool. A uh, lot, lot different than, uh, than what you used to Pretty rugged terrain. But if you want to see the, the entire Trans-Canada Trail and you can, and you can actually see where the, the paddling sections are, go to thegreattrail.ca. And there's a, an interactive map that you can zoom in, zoom out, that sort of thing, and uh, and check it all out. And yeah, I, this looks pretty interesting, uh, the work that's gone into it.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of work that's gone into this, It's uh, and it's it's done for everybody's benefit. It's, it's something that you should take a chance and, and look into participating in some of the sections.
0: I definitely think so. Like I say, gift from Canadians to Canadians. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. You are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio, whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. And welcome back. We've uh, had quite the busy uh, month so far, and it's going to continue uh, into March. We've been hitting a couple of shows, and uh, well, we next thing up is our Real Paddling Film Festival. We're hosting on March 21st at the Tap and Tankard in Whitby. Uh, you can get your tickets on Eventbrite.ca or at Five Paddles Brewing Company. They are going, and uh, get yours while they while they last. Looks like it's going to be a, a good night. We have Jim Baird, the adventurer, coming out to chat and introduce a couple of uh, of our films. We have Five Paddles Brewing Company themselves. They're going to come in and uh, talk about a few of their uh, products that they have on tap for the evening. I look forward to that. Yeah. Paddling and beer. Yes. doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> uh, the Outdoor Adventure Show is coming up April 1st and 2nd in Ottawa. Uh, Becky Mason is going to be there, so I'm looking forward to meeting her. I've chatted with her online many times, but... Never actually met her in person. So she's doing her, um, her talk on a uh, slide presentation on Paddle to the Sea. So it'll be nice to see that one and uh, meet her up in person and actually have a chit chat with her. And then after that is the 8th of April, the Kitchener Waterloo Canoe Symposium. Tickets are going fast for that one. There's still a couple left, which is odd for this, uh, this symposium. They usually have gone by now. We're actually a sponsor this year. Uh, so come on out. We'll have a little table in the lobby before the uh, the speakers start start and bet- uh, during lunch hour, um, and you can come up and say hello and uh, meet Derek and myself. Absolutely, you know, always happy to meet people. So yeah, so yeah, it's it's uh, definitely been busy so far. It's going to keep on going into April, and before you know, it's going to be paddling season. Yes, it's coming up quick. So yeah, but until then, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us at PaddlingAdventuresRadio.com. You can find us on Instagram, and you can find us on Twitter. Thanks, everybody, for listening this week. And until next week, I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek
1: Sprecht. We'll see you next time.